Welcome to EDU Inspo, a bilingual podcast centered on inspiring through ideas and topics worth spreading, all about education and leadership. Mi nombre es Flor, and stay tuned, because today we're going to be talking about why it is difficult to reach out to a therapist as a Latina, and three things I learned from attending therapy for an entire year. Remember that here at EDU Inspo, we are all familia, and our mission is to learn, apply, and share knowledge. So, let's begin. Hey guys, so this past year, I took a big step and decided to commit myself to attending therapy sessions for an entire year. Now, this might not seem like a big step for some, but for me, allowing someone inside of my bubble was not so easy to do. I mean, there were a lot of things going on to the extent that I decided I needed help with my mental health. There were significant changes, such as things that were out of my control and others that were within my control. And I'll give you guys examples. So things that were out of my control were things like a car accident and also my body experiencing some extreme hormonal imbalances. Other things that were within my control that I chose to include in my life were things like getting myself into a postgraduate cohort for a principal certification and also the choice of not having another child. So these stresses were, were what made my cup overflow and it led me to decide that I needed help with my mental health. Now. If you are particularly of a culture that has a mental health stigma, like myself, like a Latina culture coming from our our Mexican-American parents or just simply our parents that have a stigma of mental health being a weakness, worry not. I, I'm trying to normalize reaching out for help and making mental health a priority. I believe it's going to be less scary to hear it from someone, um, and then you can decide if it's something for you. Well, I have to say that in my previous episodes, I've discussed classroom-related information, but this podcast is centered around all things educational and leadership-related. So I'm happy to include things related to education and leadership in order to inspire. And I'm a true believer in being able to be the best version of ourselves. As a matter of fact, I think it is a vital step to be a leader. I believe in the relationship that we have with ourselves first and the measure to which we know ourselves will transform our relationships, our relationships with our students, with our colleagues and everyone around you really. Let me give you a little background about myself. So. I am a Mexican-American, first-generation American, and I grew up in a household that belittled my emotions. I ended up growing up ashamed of feeling sad or of crying. So there's a phrase that my mother would use very often, and this was, no seas llorona. 
which means don't be a crybaby. And I found myself saying this phrase as I was looking at myself in the mirror after having a crying episode. So I was saying to myself after sobbing my eyes out and looking in the mirror, I would say, I, you're a miss um, and you're a Yorona, you know? I'd be angry at myself too um, for not being able to balance, let's say, uh, a hard day's work or or my mom and wife duties all together were compiled and, and I'd be angry at myself for not being able to find the balance not being able to handle it. And my partner, he'd look at me powerless because I didn't I didn't let him help me, to be honest. I thought that I could handle my messy self. And he was very respectful of this. Um, but though he respected my need to deal with my emotions on my own, um, he pointed out that I was parenting myself in an awful way. And he didn't put it in these words. My therapist helped me put these words together. But, I mean, they were both right. The way I was parenting myself was awful. There was a lot of shame in feeling out of control of my emotions. There was confusion and a lot of guilt. So I had to face that demon. I had to unlearn what had been embedded inside of me in order for me to become better. I had to learn that my traditional um, parents' norms did not have to be my norms. So another thing my mom would say is, no one should see you cry. Um, So I grew up thinking that being vulnerable equaled being weak. But funny enough is, is that my therapist said that that was exactly what she loved about me. Um, She helped me realize that there was nothing wrong with me. And all along, you know, these words that become an echo in the back of our head just became assumptions, these silly assumptions that I had. I had the assumption that therapy... Era solamente de locos, only for crazy people. Only crazy people reach out for help with their mental health. And, you know, that's that's not true. Um, as a matter of fact, now I believe that if you think you can be human with no vulnerability, you are indeed a little loco, a little crazy. So I'd love to share three main things that I learned from therapy. And I'll go ahead and start with number one. That would be having empathy. Knowing that everybody is going through changes in their lives is a game changer, guys. Number two, compassion. To be kinder to oneself and to shush that inner critic. It's so relieving, guys. And number three, to remember to breathe and create intentional time off. So I'll break it down. I'll start with number one, and that's having empathy, okay? Know that everyone is fighting a battle. Some are bigger than others, but either way, these struggles are a part of life. So looking at all the people around me and realizing this was such a life changer, 
just the thought of knowing that everyone is going through something somehow made my mindset change. My therapist would always say this, right? Everyone's going through something. And I would look out my window and people watch. (laughs) And I would question, how did I not realize that everyone's going through something? You know, I guess it's because we don't talk about it. And it's that silence that fooled me to believe that no one was going through something rough. Or or I would know if someone was going through something rough if I see them cry. So it was almost as if I had to see someone cry in order to know they were sad. But how silly of me was that? Like, really? There were so many days, so many times I had panic attacks and... I go through, you know, the entire work day and still smile and pretend like nothing happened for the entire day. So I could have a panic attack in the morning and and once I got myself together, went to work and and just pretended like nothing had happened. Or or I would have a panic attack at night and then wake up the next morning and again pretend like nothing happened the entire day. So the idea here is not to compare your life with others, but to be conscientious of everyone's journey and to assume that everybody's going through a struggle. Somehow knowing this, knowing that everybody's going through a struggle made me feel normal because all along I've been thinking that there's something wrong with me and my therapist helped me realize there's there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. We all go through these phases. We all have these difficult times and we all face our own battles. You know, I'm I'm normal. <laughs> Someone had to tell me I'm normal. And it's normal to feel the feels and nobody is perfect. You You are not a defective human being for losing your shit, okay? Crying and losing my shit does not make me a defective human being, does not make me an imperfect or weird person, okay? So I learned to stop shaming myself for feeling powerless. And if anything, it serves me as a reason to choose kindness and love. So I choose to be the person who lightens someone's day instead of worsening their day. Um, I guess it's because I know how it feels and also because you never know when you'll need that person who will smile at you or that person who will open that door for you. Um, I say this with all sincerity that it's okay to feel the feels. It's okay to cry in the bathroom floor because your newborn has exhausted you to a point of no return. And it's okay to feel like shit every once in a while. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Number two. The second thing that I learned about therapy is to be kinder to myself. So 
I wish I could have a magic wand and help you all release your inner critic and help myself release the inner critic inside of me. But the truth is that we have to do this as a daily practice. It's something that we have to do for ourselves. And the inner critic is such a freaking stinker. Like, it's the worst voice in the back of your head. All it does is judge and make you feel really crappy about yourself. So you have to intentionally cut off your negative thoughts. If they don't serve you for good, you don't need them. Now, it's normal for our thoughts to race through our mind. But these thoughts that are very specific and very um, critiquing are intense energy drainers. We don't need that. You know, depression and anxiety arise from getting stuck in the past or the future. So allow yourself to observe your emotions without judgment and be aware of your negative thoughts. And as soon as you're aware of your negative thoughts, make sure that you let them run their course because it's normal. But then if they are still running their course in your head, you have to make sure you kick them out. It's your job to kick out those negative thoughts. Do so with an affirmation. Kick them out with a fact or an affirmation. So let me tell you what I mean about kicking them out with an affirmation or a fact. So many times when I have these thoughts that are critiquing or making me worry or making me think of the past or the future, I make sure that I halt it. I stop it. So... For example, um, it's, it's as simple as saying, stop, I'm worthy. Stop, I'm a great mother. Oh, stop, I have earned this position at work, etc. And then we can even include a fact after that. You know, for example, um, stop, I'm a great mother. I know this for a fact because I have fed my child three meals a day today. Or, stop. I have earned this position at work because I have taken the proper courses and I've gotten myself prepared to be where I'm at. You know, these these phrases that we repeat inside of our head, that inner critic, um... They're the norm, yes, but we can control them to a certain extent because it can get out of can get out of control. It can become too much, and it and and the overstimulation of negativity inside of our brain is what makes us feel so drained after a day. Like you, you have the physical activity, but when you have the physical activity with the mental fatigue. It's, it's a big energy drainer and we need to make sure that we are being intentional with our energy and we're not feeding that negative energy. So be nicer to yourself, okay? Make sure you shush that inner critic. <laughs> and last but not least, um, the third thing that I learned is to make time for relaxing and to be mindful of our breathing. So 
I personally, I'm so used to seeking out each game, excuse me, and automatically filling it up with things to do. Like for example, if I have three things to do and I'm done with them, there are some days that I feel like there needs to be more. You need to do more, like, so I feel useful somehow. Or many times it's the complete opposite, where I have so much to do, but I feel like there's not enough time. So, to be honest, this was one of the hardest things to learn. <laughs> If you don't believe me, just ask my therapist. Um, being able to just make time for relaxing and being mindful of my breathing, things that seem so easy were so difficult to me. So I learned to slow down, whether it was in the beginning of the day or in the middle or at the end of the day. And I would make sure that I was breathing intentionally. So my therapist suggested that I plan time off. So just like we plan any other task, um, you plan to take time off. And at the same time, you know, throughout your day, making sure that you have this little time plan, you know, for yourself for relaxing time throughout the day, be mindful of our breathing. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, my therapist literally taught me to breathe. Who knew, right? Who knew that I was not properly oxygenating my brain? I mean, you might think that there's not much to it, but I mean, it's essential to, to pause and take the time to properly breathe, just like it's essential to pause and take the time to just relax. So I learned that proper breathing starts with the nose and then moves to the stomach. And as our diaphragm contracts, Obviously, the belly expands and our lungs fill up with air. So it helps to think of inhaling deeply through our nose for a count of four and exhaling, exhaling for a count of four. So we inhale. You can do it with me right now. You can breathe with me. So we inhale, we count to four, and then we exhale, and we count to four again. Inhale. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. So... If we continue this breathing cycle for a few minutes, we can feel the stress leave our body. And when the stress leaves our body, we allow our body to remain calm. And when we breathe, it also allows our brain to be clear. And we panic less. And we stay motivated to finish our day well. So try that. I know it helps me to take one day at a time and <clears throat> to be mindful of our breathing <laughs> and to also make sure that we make some time for calming down. It's very hard to do, I know, to take one day at a time, especially when we feel like several days attack us at once. But we'll feel more joy if we properly breathe and if we have a purpose for that breathing. I mean, the purpose of us being mindful of our breath 
is to calm down. Okay, and also the purpose to plan on some downtime is for us not to crumble into pieces after we haven't done that for ourselves. It's sh- showing that love for ourselves. We we give so much, especially as mothers. We give so much, and it has to be a balance. We have to make sure that <clears throat> we also show each ourselves love, right? And each other love too. <laughs> All right, so taking one day at a time, um, and also making sure that we make time for downtime. So you might be wondering, well, how? You know, how if I have so many things to do, etc. Well, we're being mindful, so it's not about having the time; it's about making the time. You can detach yourself from your cell phone. Um, you can dim the lights of your room, or gosh, you can just even sit in your car. And for how long? Do it for as long as you feel it's necessary, but make sure you do it. <laughs> All right, so we're getting here close to our conclusion, and I wanted to go ahead and end it with the following notes. Okay, so I think it's paramount to take the time to address our mental health and to reach out for help, especially if we come from a culture like my own, Latinos. You know, Mexicanos, where there's a stigma around it. Now, mental health challenges are not a weakness. Okay, I want you to know that mental health challenges are not something to hide. As a matter of fact, understanding yourself and your symptoms will change your relationship with yourself, but also with others. And I do believe that our families are wrong for shaming mental health treatments. And Know that when you're looking for a mental health treatment, that you want to reach out to someone who understands your specific experiences. Okay, so for example, I have been therapy searching um, for a while now, and yeah, I had these these experiences happen to me. You know that took me to this corner of Florida has to be now. However, I was very fortunate to find someone that was bilingual and also understood my Latina culture. So I say this, that if you are looking for mental health treatment, to go ahead and find um, someone who will understand your specific experiences and your concerns. Um, being able to communicate in both languages made my therapy sessions um, all better, and also came, the fact that she was able to take into account specific cultural factors and needs also um, spoke a lot to my fulfilling experience with my therapist. So with this episode, um, I'll end it and say that I respect every culture and person and understand that we each face a unique journey. Um, But I know for a fact that we can't be change makers ourselves as leaders if we don't start with being the difference ourselves. So I'll end it with that. And I thank you for listening to my podcast. And leaders, I hope this information was helpful. And remember to keep rocking it. Adios, guys.